Hello, and welcome to Geek Space Nine, the discovery and or rediscovery of Star Trek's classic series, Deep Space Nine. With me, as always, is Sarah Becker. Hi, everyone. And Peter Dancy. Hello, guys. How's it going? And I am Ben Hall. Well, we are doing a little bit off for the start of season uh, season two because it's actually a three episode arc. So instead of doing two episodes, we will be doing three, and we'll talk a little bit more about what that means for the rest of the schedule. But after we finish the second episode, we're like, oh, we gotta do all three. So the three episodes, perfectly titled for a nice arc, are the homecoming, the circle, and the siege. So we'll start with the homecoming, but we'll, we'll, we'll go around all three. So to start off, the homecoming begins when Quark is given a Bajoran earring that he's told to give to someone of importance. He gives it to Kira, who recognizes it to belonging to Lee Nallis, a famous Bajoran war hero that everyone thought was dead, but is actually still being held in a Cardassian labor camp on Cardassia Four even though the Cardassians said that they released all the Bajorans prisoners of war. So Kira asks Sisko to give her a runabout to go save Linaus, which he does. She goes to the labor camp. They, they save him. He seems a little bit uh, depressed and not the kind of war hero that we think he is, but they do get him home. Uh, Gold Dukat even says that uh, all the prisoners were released and that he apologizes for the inconvenience and they let them go on their way. Uh, Kira is really excited that Lee Nallis is returning because Bajoran is kind of having a civil, not really a civil war yet, but sort of the, the inklings of a civil a faction, unrest. particularly yeah, a, yeah, an arrest led by a group called the Circle, which want to make Bajoran for Bajorans. If that sounds familiar, um, mm-hmm. and uh, they want to get rid of all non-humans, particularly the Federation. So Kira is hoping Lee Nalis, this war hero, can bring back the uh, leadership that they need to bring Bejo back to a more stable place. But Lee Nalis, in a private conversation with Sisko, reveals that he's not actually a war hero. He just killed a famous Cardassian on accident who was in his underwear. Just happened to be right place, right time. And despite this, his legacy has grown beyond who he really is. Um, meanwhile... Uh, Minister Jaro, played by the lovely uh, Frank Langella, shows up and uh, seems to want to get into the politic race and in particular replaces Kira Lee Nallis and sends Kira back to Patreon. So that's where we end the first episode. So I guess we'll start and just say what do you think of the whole series, but you know, in particular this episode. I, I, I don't I don't want to give away my thought on my thoughts on Jaro like the second he, the second he said well, actually no fuck it whatever we're gonna talk about all three episodes totally. so who cares the the sec, I, I I will say like I mean I know I'm jumping to the end of the episode when Jaro and Jaro uh Jaro pops up and says yeah Kira's not here any longer the second he said that in my mind I was immediately like trust no bitch <laughs> I was just like yeah. no because 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 for the Bajorans as as much as I realize how much Lee Nalis means to them i like I, I i don't know just 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 be, just because just just because even like looking at you know like pic like pictures or images of a of, of few of future seasons with like no context whatsoever and still seeing kira there i was like okay i don't trust you just popping in and saying yeah um the woman who's been with you for a year we're, we're gonna just take her off the station completely not like not, not like 
leave her here so that, like like leave leave her here um even even though this is going to be Leonalis's uh new um uh new position so so she so she can help him like you know like not 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 just um not 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 just come to understand what all is going on on the space station but 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 also but also you know help Leonalis like reacclimate with just civilization period it's like nope done done you're gone you're here that's it it's like there's something off about this situation like just a little bit yeah it's, just, it's also frank vangelo you know it's, he's he's hard this, to yeah, trust this is true he's just he's too quiet and too calm and too collective he's he's always up to no good it feels like even when he's you know, he's, he's played richard nixon famously how can you trust him ever again for that mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I really like these these episodes. Uh, I find it very interesting, like, like we mentioned before, that uh, with Vedic Wynn, who returns, uh, and then later episodes, um, that uh, we're starting to get to a Bajoran fighting amongst themselves, more than just the Bajorans fighting the Cardassians, which I find very interesting. I think that power vacuum when a place is abandoned or is no longer occupied is very interesting. I think they're exploring it in a very kind of interesting, clever way, and, and how close they actually did come to not just uh, taking over a position of power, but will later discover in a way that the Cardassians really wanted, you know, so it was very exciting on that yeah, front. It was all planned. Did you enjoy this uh, series of episodes, Sarah? Yeah, yeah, I really did. Um, this The first episode of the three, it felt a little bit like table setting, but, I mean, that's that's what it was. It was setting up the right. story arc for the next two, which, you know, turned out to be really great, really interesting episodes. And so, yeah, this uh, did a very good job. I don't have too much to say about this this one episode in particular. Yes. Um, I would say the one thing I found interesting was uh, was Lee Nollis's story, which is this yeah. episode. I do think, I think I mentioned before, I find the noble lie very interesting, and I think it's a very interesting idea for a guy who... Uh, He's been in a labor camp and just wants quiet and peace and to be left alone <laughs> to come home to be like, no, you're a hero and you have to save Bajor again. And it's like, mm. I've never right. even been that hero and now I need to be even a bigger hero than I've ever been before. Uh, it's a very interesting idea. And uh, I, the guy who plays him is Richard Baymer, who is Tony from the original West Side Story. Really? Oh. Really? oh. That's yes. cool. He also That's is... For any Twin Peaks fans, he's Ben Horn from Twin Peaks. This is where I recognized him because he's more his age at that time. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah, great actor. So, they, they really get great actors. It's interesting because Frank Langella is uncredited, so I'm not sure if he was like, not happy to be on Star Trek or what, but I uh, just wanted to be surprised or something. But, uh, <laughs> I don't know. But it's interesting. It's pretty crazy how good of actors we're getting on this show. Like, uh, it's really impressive. So, that's yeah. just one thing I'm noticing. I mean, no, I guess which what um, where does DS Nine fall in the Star Trek canon? I know that original series came first, then and it's then third. it's after TNG. It's the third, okay. It's yeah. So yeah, by this point, Star Trek had established itself well enough to be like, hey, Star Trek, this is a pretty good, well liked show. So right. Of and I don't know. Gotten progressively easier to get famous actors on it. Right. I don't know what the press in terms of. Uh, the, the critical acclaim for DS9 sort of came about um, I can't really find it I know it's it's always a well-liked show but I'm wondering if 
by season one, in the end, it's like, oh, people are like, oh, this is different than just regular Star Trek. It's not just like, mm. not that regular Star Trek is fun in its own right, but it's like, oh, this is like more of a political, um, talking, sort of West Wingish show. Well, this was before West Wing existed, but uh, yeah, um, I'm wondering if that made more people, like, oh, yeah, it's like, or someone like uh, Louis Fletcher showing on, like, wow, it's a huge actor to come on this yeah. Star right. Trek show. It's pretty exciting because a lot of times, um, sci-fi suffer from not having the best actors just because people think it's below them or something like that. I'm wondering if this yeah, is starting to some... start where people are like, yeah, it's okay to be on the show. Yeah, people, I, I think, I, I, maybe, maybe, maybe now less so um, nowadays, but, 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 I think, but I think at least before people didn't exactly take sci-fi seriously because, you know, it's not drama per se. Right, and well, also they, Star they... Trek, for as much as it's beloved, it was always considered a kind of corny show, particularly the original one, you know, so it's like, I don't know if a Franklin Jello would necessarily want to be on an original sure. Star Trek show necessarily, versus like, a, oh, you get to play a Bajoran leader who's doing a coup, and like, it's kind of an interesting storyline. Even if when they put on this nose, maybe it's like, oh. <laughs> I don't know. I'm making assumptions on Franklin Jello. You have to wear an <laughs> earring. We're sorry. <laughs> and, he, and he was just like, is that it? Okay, cool. And just a nose and an earring? That's not bad. Right. Just don't make me no, but like, Michael Dorn. <laughs> Duh. But 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 Ben, uh, to, to to go back to go back to when to when you brought up uh, like the 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 notion of of the, the the noble lie like that like that that's that's something that we haven't really gotten since uh since season one's episode Dax when when Alan Tandro showed up uh like ac- accusing accusing Dax right. of like of of a crime that of a crime that was that was committed in the in the past life so it was interesting to see to to, to see to see kind of that. Where 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 Dax was like yeah where Dax was like yeah I'm kind of holding on to this secret for holding on to the secret for, for for the sake for the sake for the sake of you for the sake of you personally but you know, but 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 in, but indirectly uh, but indirectly much of your people but and to and to see that blown up here to see that blown up here um where 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 it's, where, it's, where uh with with Lee, with Lee Nollis, where he's like yeah where it's like yeah I've been living a noble lie for an entire planet for the past however many years even like e- despite how many times i've tried to tell them actually no it was a total mistake it was just lucky it was, it was just luck of the draw yeah no so and it's it's interesting he says you know his being there helped like keep the labor camp workers alive and motivated mm-hmm. and moralized and you can tell it's just he's not even doing anything he's just there and that's all that it needs to be. You just need to be there to, to inspire like his people. Which is something so interesting to be that famous and that important to the history. And we'll get to again the, the end of the story, which is very interesting. So I guess we'll jump on to the next episode. So we said this is more more set up for the circle of siege. So in the circle, uh, we begin the sort of coup bejor. It starts with uh, Everybody in a very sweet scene. Um, <laughs> people keep coming into Kira's quarters uh, to wish her goodbye. It's very beautiful. I quite enjoyed that yeah, even Pork shows sweet. up and he's like, "I didn't bring booze for all of you. I thought it was just gonna be me and Kira." <laughs> and Kira just wants the wall to fuck off. She's like, <laughs> like by all means, leave, please. come on in. <laughs> it was a really nice scene. I thought it was a good way of showing how much uh, the crew has come to love Kira and. Uh, mm-hmm something you earn after a whole season of character development. Uh, and it's really nice. And it's sort of a weird thing, because that whole scene was like, is she leaving the show for good? I know she's not, but right. it almost feels like a, a farewell episode 
because just the way she's like it's the way like O'Brien was said goodbye to on on the first episode of DS9 when he jumps from TNG to DS9. Oh, like, she actually leaving? <laughs> this is like right. a farewell episode. Yeah, I'm 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 pretty I'm pretty, I wouldn't be surprised if for if for a lot of people it had like the same had the same effect as when as uh during um what was it best of both worlds in in, T, in TNG when uh when when Picard was turned into a boy people were like uh what does this mean for the series as a whole where do we go from here right right so I would I wouldn't be surprised if it had like this if it had like a similar effect a similar effect people are like really in episode one this is how we're gonna be changing shit what's going on. Yeah, exactly. So it's. It, it, I'm glad that we know. <laughs> Thankfully, Wikipedia will let us know that Kira will be around for a lot longer. But uh, we do get this very sweet scene. Uh, in walks Vedic Baril, who invites Kira to come into the monastery uh, to try to find out what she's going to do and uh, kind of refresh herself. Uh, so, yes, uh, Lee Nallis basically says goodbye as well. And uh, Kira goes down to. Bajor. Uh, Boreal actually shows Kira one of the Bajoran orbs that she's never seen before. She gets a very intense sequence which ends on her and Boreal actually being lovers, which is very interesting. Um, which I didn't see coming. Yeah, yeah. She's, she seemed like she was crushing on him, but that kind of upped just, it a bunch. Just a little bit. A little the, bit uh, A little bit the over. naked and the... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the making out. Um... <laughs> So, uh, meanwhile, uh, Quark tells Odo that he believes the Caressi are actually arming the Circle. They're the ones that are giving him the arms. So Odo sneaks aboard the Cardassi freighter and discovers that, in fact, the Cardassians are arming the Caressi who are secretly arming the Circle. Because the Cardassians Crisari. believe... Crisari. Uh, thank you. The Crisari. Um, so the Cardassians believe that the Circle will kick out the Federation, which will leave Bajoran defenseless enough and in enough turmoil that they can quickly come back and just take over one more time. So Cisco and everyone wants to get this information to the Council of Ministers, but already um, Jaro has cut off communications uh, across all boards. So what they have to do is Kira decides to go with Dax to get a sort of downed fighter ship to go mm-hmm. to the ministers to show them this proof on this manifest. But while she's off, uh, Jaro sends forces to Deep Space Nine and tells them they have seven hours to evacuate all non bajoran citizens or be killed. And that we end on that cliffhanger. So, what do we think of the circle episode? I thought it was really interesting. How, really interesting. Once we learned about the about the involvement of the Cardassians, that it was two that it was two groups, both them and the Circle, but ultimately, but ultimately, kind of the Cardassians, um, looking for a power vacuum with uh, to, to 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 fill to fill it themselves in, in order to take control. Like I, 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 I found I found that aspect really interesting, especially with like especially with all with all, with all the secret with all the secrecy, and the um, and 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 all and all and all of the and all of the inner workings and inner workings in the back, like like all like all, like all the cogs working in a machine, that, uh, all the cogs working in a machine, 
and, and, to, and, to, and, to see, and to see them come to fruition with, with, all, with, all, with all these revelations in, in this episode. I found, I found that interesting. And also, Jaro ended up not being, able, not being trusted. <laughs> I was right, and I was, yep. very, I, I, was both, I was both happy and like, damn it, when I was watching that, when I was watching this episode. I was like, really? Like, I wanted to be wrong. I, 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 I remember when I, saw, when I saw episode one of, of, Star, of Star Wars because... Unfortunately, I saw episode I saw episodes one and two before I saw four, five, and six because I just wasn't raised on Star Wars and I, 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 it, they're not move, they're not movies that are like part of my childhood necessarily. And so and so I like I, I knew of it I, I knew of them I just hadn't watched them and I remember seeing episode one and the and the cha- and the chancellor walked out and like the second he started talking I was like he's evil <laughs> and like and, and then I and then I ended up being right and so I saw this happening again with Jaro and I was like let me be wrong for one, like let me be wrong please but it's like nope sorry yeah i remember when episode one came out everyone was theorizing there's no way that palpatine could be the evil guy just because it was too obvious <laughs> like it's like he can't oh, just yeah. be he's played by the same actor who plays him in return of the jedi and like there's, oh, there's no God. way he's like this that guy right right oh no, he isn't. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Those, my, my, those first my, episodes one through three are just that bad yeah mm, yeah my my my, my childhood mind was like was like like was thinking that simplistically it's like nope I, I i didn't i didn't even fully understand the concept of if it's that easy then it's probably not it i was like no it's just him because <laughs> you're right and you were right you're 100 percent right yep. Is that easy? yep uh yes as i didn't mention the thing jaro is actually the circle he's the one who's been basically controlling the entire thing and secretly setting up a coup and that's what i did like about this episode is that jaro does have his own intentions they're not ones i agree with but i understand where he's coming from but it's interesting that he's being supplied by the cardassians secretly which i think is very cool i think it's a very interesting change that he's not a cardassian collaborator he's not some like uh guys baltar from the original battlestar galactica like i love cylons they're my friends um he's much more interesting than that uh and uh, i also thought it was interesting that he collaborates with vedic win who returns um Yes. get a nice little uh, yeah. creepy <laughs> power struggle. And you also get to see, we'll talk about later, how, how, how backstabby Vedic Wynn truly is. Um, why she's probably going to stick around for a long time because she's very crafty that Vedic Wynn. Oh yeah, that 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 was another like mini spoiler that that, that my that my friend Steve gave me the the, the other the other day. He, he he didn't he didn't give any details, but but he but he was like, yep, she's like she's basically in every season. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I want more of her, and even though even though I don't like her, I want more. I know she's terrible, but like she always she always causes interesting strife. Oh yeah. I was watching this episode with my mom the other day, and uh, I, I said this to you guys already, but right. I think our listeners will find this funny. That uh, my mom made the comment that Veda Quinn looks like the Sydney Opera House <laughs> with her her Vedic headgear. Or whatever that was, the sort of the three-tiered triangle. Right. I don't know. I just thought that was really funny. The second you said that, I was like, "You're right." Oh she my does. god. Ray for the Star Trek costume department. Always entertaining. <laughs> great, insp- great inspiration from from un- from unexpected places. I'm down Indeed. for it. And what did you guys think of the uh, the prophecy sequence? We started to get an interesting thing where Kira is sort of the head, it seems like, of the provisional government or the council of elders. And mm, then uh, yeah. she makes out with uh, Vedic Boreal. What do we think of this yeah. sort of prophecy? 
And then later on, um, when Beryl is talking to her about her vision, he says that, you know, well, the reason I summoned you down here is because you were in a vision that I had. Was oh, I, was I yeah. in your vision? And it's like, they're going to bang. <laughs> it's going to happen. Yep. Not right now, but it, it's going to happen. Go ahead and start shipping them now. It's, yep. it's, it's inevitable. They've already told us. And uh, yep. Sarah would prefer that they bang after Kira and Dex <laughs> have a little bit of a We'll flame. talk about that when we discuss the next episode. Okay, <laughs> that scene on the moon. I'm just saying. Cute as fuck. It was pretty goddamn adorable. But yes, we'll, we'll definitely get yes. there. And you know what I'm talking about. Oh, it's yeah. It's not just me. It's, they oh, make yes. a very adorable kind of uh, a fighty couple, which is perfect. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, again, another like sort of setup episode. This was more like... Uh, kind of conspiracy unraveling sort of episode, which is very interesting. Um, yeah, well, is there, I don't know if there's much else to say on this particular episode. I enjoyed yeah, Lee Nollis's arc. It's been very interesting. We get more of him in the next episode, but once again, you kind of see him trying his best to figure out his place. He should be on the side of the Bajorans. He should be on the side of the Federation who saved him. Um, it's very interesting, this sort of, turn he's doing throughout this episode and i like that there's a separate arc outside of just the one of the circle that there's a character arc for just these three episodes outside of just the big story arc with jaro and the circle and all that mm-hmm. we also get to see a lot more odo shapes in this episode yes yes I, uh, how, how, many, how many did we add to the list this time uh, he was uh four uh, oh, all goodness. three episodes. And he was a oh, all three. he was a shipping label when they put him on the Krasari ship, which he then right. turned into a rat while they watched them. And then he was a wall. <laughs> he was poking out of a wall at some point. And then during the siege, he made a trip line to like stop some people. Yeah, that was really impressive. He is yes. a, I Agreed. said it before, and I'll say it again. He's a handy guy to have. <laughs> right, like oh, especially in God, a war, yeah. like. Yeah, Imagine during... if he were a spy assassin, like he'd be killer. Seriously, literally send him behind enemy lines, and oh boy, let's let's hope no more Odos show up on bad guys because that's that's no good. <laughs> that's scary. I, I mean, I I, I mean, I, I think I, th- I think science I think scientists for for a while now have been have been trying have been trying to figure out how to make liquid metal a thing, you know, like 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 a la Terminator Two, and so so. Expect that. Expect that in the next, like, maybe, like maybe, maybe twenty years. So, I mean, in the, in that regard, we may still be fucked, but just hopefully, hopefully not. I, I, I am crossing my fingers and being like, just please, please, don't give me like a real Odo. Don't like. Okay, well, okay, well, give me Odo, but don't, but, but don't give me like, don't, don't give me a liquid metal Terminator. I don't need that. <laughs> the future, the future is coming. We can't stop it. Clearly, sign. <laughs> Clearly, scientists do not learn from do, do 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 not fully learn from science fiction films. They try to make stuff reality, but 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 even but even then, I'm but even then, I'm I'm glad that some stuff from science from science fiction movies and films have become rea- have become reality. Or else we wouldn't ha- or else you know we wouldn't have like we we, we 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 wouldn't be trying to make virtual reality games or cell phones or FaceTime or all that shit. You know, it's very true. In fact, uh, there's a really good uh, book I would recommend all nerds read called Make It So. Uh, which is about that, yes, which is a great title, uh, which is about how science fiction influences real life design. For example, uh, when they were making the iPad, uh, they were were looking at TNG, and TNG only had like a single menu because 
they didn't want buttons anymore. They just wanted to look more futuristic, but they just right. didn't have the money to put anything on the screen. So they just like, ah, oh, put a sticker there, and then they'll push mm. the sticker. Um, and scientists were like, actually, that makes sense. Like you wouldn't have a bunch of buttons everywhere. You'd have separate sub menus that you go through by touching. And right, it's a great example of good design coming from science fiction. So thanks, Star Trek. The iPad. Yay! Thanks and even tra- you know, cell phones. You have the communicator things. Right. And um, mm-hmm. well, even uh, Skype. I'd go so far as to say because uh, in Next Generation, oh, you see so yeah. many instances of Picard talking to you know Admiral so and so. Right. And it's you know like we're doing right now on Google Hangouts for our listeners. Exactly. No, it's so interesting <laughs> that that's normal now. Like, uh, yeah, you look yeah. at you know, 1993 and like the idea of, like you just turn, push a button and a guy shows up on your screen. It feels like so outdated, but like yeah, it's exactly how we communicate now. Like you yeah. said, like it's probably how the military often communicates through through fancy military grade Skype. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah, not actual like- Skype. And and how and how nowadays like 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 the, the the number of like casual friendly or like or like biz like, for like all, all the way from like casual to like full on business meetings are are, are are held over Skype or or some Skype like service like it's crazy, like it's it's just kind of it's just second nature to us nowadays. Exactly, it's it's very impressive how we take science fiction and we kind of reimagine it into our real lives and. Take things that work, take things that don't. They, they mentioned in the book, like, the worst one that will never be true is Minority Report, because nobody wants to move their hands like crazy, like, to yeah. make things happen on a computer. Um, Un- unless unless your name is Tony Stark. Unless your name is Tony say. Stark. Unless you can get that magic uh, hologram stuff. Yeah. Yeah, remember that. Remember that scene in, uh, in, uh, in, uh, in Iron Man Two when he's creating the new element in, in, in his lab. <laughs> Great scene of just great scene of just waving your arms and st- and holograms happening all around you. I cannot imagine what it was like filming that scene where it's just where they, where they were just like, uh, where, 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 like who, who, wait, what, did, was John was was John Favreau still uh, yeah he uh, did directing one and two. Iron Man two yeah 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 so like so Favreau was just like okay so okay so Downey I want you to do this and I want you to do this and 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 RDJ is just like oh, oh okay cool we'll make, we'll make it work. Well, RDJ doesn't even wear the uh, Iron Man suit most of the time. He's mostly in like a thing. So when he has to like look all like, big and stuff, he's like in a pajama, basically. <laughs> like, I right. imagine half the time in the Avengers when he's talking to somebody, like you'll never stop us. He's just in his pajamas with little tops on them. Yeah, and, and, when, and when he's and when he's standing next to other actors, he's ba- he's pretty much wearing platform platform heel boots or whatever because 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 that because he is he's not like short short, but he is like a semi short man. Yeah. Compared to have lots of apple boxes on set for those people. Oh yeah, (laughs) yeah. Compared to the other actors, it's like, dude. All right. Well, let's get back to Deep Space Nine and the third episode, the siege. So as this episode begins, the Vajorans are on their way to Deep Space Nine. Cisco gives his lovely uh, military speech where he says, "If anyone wants to leave, they're free to." But all the crew agrees to stay while their family leaves. So we get a lot of. Very nice scenes, like uh, Jake and Nog being separated. That was touching. It was really we touching. We didn't talk about um, Odo hiring Quark to be his deputy. Oh, that's right. Oh, about <laughs> the episode before Odo uh, Odo deputizes Quark, and he much enjoys that. <laughs> yes. Um, I don't know. I just thought it was very silly because Quark is just like, "You're kidding, right?" And he's like, "No, you're my deputy." And then Quark thinks it's hysterical. And tries to leave, 
until Odo says, you're my deputy, or I'm putting you in the brig. <laughs> and Odo's not happy that he's being blackmailed into working for the good guys, but... But he quite, he quite enjoys also throwing around that he's a deputy whenever he walks into yes. things. It, it was it was kind of like the reverse of of the of the of the, fir- of the first episode when 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 Quirk when Quirk told Rom it's it's like it's like it's like sometimes with your enemies you have to declare peace it'll confuse the hell out of them and it's yeah. like and and it's like this is it's like it's like this is kind of like Odo doing the same thing to you it's like hey it's like hey well you know since you've declared peace you're my deputy and Quirk's like what like <laughs> absolute confusion <laughs> and then. Uh, um... We see uh, Kiko leaving as she's trying to get Miles to come with her, but he refuses. And we also get a uh, more funny sequence where Quark seems to want to sell Nog's seat for money. And Quark has discovered selling a lot of seats until he realizes that Nog, that, that Rom, sorry, sold his seat for a Dabo girl <laughs> and left Quark to die. So the ever present. <laughs> backstabbing between Rom and Quark continues quite beautifully. <laughs> really enjoyed Quark struggling around a giant box full of gold-pressed latinum that he sold to everybody for a seat and he's got nowhere to go <laughs> trying to run away from people but can't leave his money behind. Classic Quark. I think, I think the Neg- I think the Negus would be very proud of Rom for, for, for pulling that off. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> To be like, good, you played dumb, but then in the end you were like, yep, I'm going to sell your seat for a girl because, forget you. Exactly. So, uh, we continue with this episode and then we get a nice sort of change for Lee Nollis where, um, when all of Cork's passengers we sold seats to show up to claim the seats that don't exist, uh, Lee Nollis shows up and tells the Bajorans that they owe it to the Federation, they owe it to themselves to stay behind and be proud of who they are and help the Federation uh, win victory over the Circle, who would destabilize the government. So you get to see a little bit more of McNaughton coming into his own, becoming more of a leader. So the Bajorans arrive. There's no Federation. They're hiding in the ducts, eating rations that only O'Brien finds (laughs) delicious, which I quite enjoyed. Um, So... He tells him to kill anybody on board except for Lee Nollis because he doesn't want Lee Nollis to be a martyr. Smart um, man. He's a very smart man. So Odo kind of sneaks around, uh, trips up a few soldiers. They capture a few soldiers into the hollow suites. When they capture one of them, they tell them the leader, uh, Colonel Day, who's played by Stephen Weber from iZombie. He's Von Clark and iZombie, and he's iZombie fans. I recognized his face. So I like Um... He lies to General Krim that uh, the Cardassians are giving the weapons secretly to the Circle, which will come into play later. Meanwhile, Kira and Dax are on their very, very adorable starship uh, recovery mission. (laughs) Kira does not want to be stranded eating spiders like Kira found. (laughs) Kira used to eat on her missions. Palakus. Palakus. We used to eat them. (laughs) Oh, great. And uh, Dax is being all squeamish, which I thought would, it felt a little bit out of character for her. A little bit. I yeah. guess. Um, she was, you know, just, her argument was that trails are very allergic to spider bites because it disrupts the connection between the symbiont and the host. Right. 
Um, but she was basically just being squeamish about spiders, and it was out yeah. of character, but still really cute. <laughs> it was pretty adorable. Their relationship, we we'll get into some more, is very adorable. Um, yes. So they escape with this junker ship, manage to crash land onto the planet. They are saved by Vedic Baral, who then takes them to the Council of Ministers under disguise. We get to see what Dax would look like as a uh, Bajoran, uh, which is pretty He's fun. Still my yeah. <laughs> I don't know where they had uh, nose imprints, but yeah, whatever. You need, you need sometimes in monasteries, you need false disguises, I guess. Uh, meanwhile, they capture on Theus 9, they capture the general. They convince him that uh, the Cardassians were funding the weapons. Me- and just in the meantime, Kira also finds that. Jaro agrees to take responsibility while Vedic Wynn basically sells them out. Uh, she quickly, when she sees that the chips are going against her, she immediately jumps on her side and says, This is an outrage! <laughs> and tells Jaro that he'll uh, face any sort of consequences from this. Krim, uh, for this reason and the others, uh, gives in to Cisco, but Colonel Day refuses to give in, tries to kill Cisco, but Lee Nollis steps in the way. And earlier in the episode, Lee Nollis uh, said uh, that he would actually prefer to die because he would be left alone, essentially. Mm-hmm. And no one could be this. And Such then a he dies dark and says, look at that. Yeah, and he says, so Brian, he says to Cisco, you know, I'm. Uh, I'm off the hook, quote-unquote. And he gets to die a martyr. Uh, O'Brien asked Sisko if uh, Linalis really was a hero. Because he didn't really see that in him. And Sisko tells him, of course he was a hero. At least that's how I remember him. That's how I remember him. So what do we think of this episode? I really liked this one. I, uh, as we said before, I really like the scene with Kira and Dax on the moon. <laughs> I, uh, I really like the interaction between Nog and Jake at the beginning of the episode where, you know, Jake's all bummed out that his friend is, you know, being sent to somewhere else during this evacuation. But, you know, Nog is like, you know, hey, has any, has a Ferengi and a human ever been this good friends before? And, you know, he tries to talk about how a coup d'etat won't get in the way, but he can't (laughs) speak French. (laughs) Coup coup d'etat, well, no stupid French thing will either. (laughs) So that was, that was very sweet. And I like that they're friends. Yeah, I really, it was interesting that in the episode is mostly about fighting that the fighting didn't really happen until like halfway through we spent a lot of right. time on the uh, evacuation which gave us a lot of really nice character moments like you said with, with uh, jake and uh nog get it right one day and uh also the funny modes with cork and rom and also uh the Lee which i totally change. saw happening actually oh, of course of course <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean i mean going i mean going back to Babel with with with, with when when cork was when cork was like Cork was like, I don't know if they're actually sick or if they're just trying to get out of paying my tab. And it's like, it's like, of course, you know, that kind of Ferengi mindset, in a quote unquote Ferengi mindset, will we'll, we'll make a return when everyone's evacuating. He's like, I can make a profit off of this, off of people escaping for their lives. Exactly, and uh, mm-hmm. I enjoy the character moments like that, which is what makes it so really, really enjoyable. The the fighting was really good. I mean, it's it's sort of classic guerrilla warfare fighting, but. Uh, I think the episode, particularly Kieran Dax, is very adorable. Um, sort of escape <laughs> where Kira's just like, "It's great, it's fine. We're, we're going back into battle." She's getting back in her old guerrilla mindset, and Kira's like, "Um, 
this place is a piece of junk, and we might die here and eat spiders. Duh. <laughs> okay. My survival instincts told me not to get on this thing. <laughs> it was like Indiana Jones, like spiders. Uh, Why has it always got to be spiders? <laughs> I enjoyed her little moment where she's like, uh, will the whatever work? And she's like, yeah, it will. <laughs> we also learned that Kira, one of her former, or Dax's rather, for her former uh, lives was a basically a nerd, an engineer nerd who, quote unquote, didn't have much of a sex life, but knew a lot about uh shit parts <laughs> it was quite which adorable. is awesome i thought that was great <laughs> so she used her her long long uh, lost virginal but genius uh and back in her virginal. brain <laughs> <laughs> yes poor tobin dax poor tobin dax is yeah i'm sure uh Jazia made up for all the things that tobin did get to do um so we get to enjoy that quite a bit and uh that's the things i liked i liked all the cleverness i really enjoyed the track being in the hollow suite which is really clever you know mm-hmm. showing up and having all three of them there and then mm-hmm. classic like ah don't go in that door man <laughs> never trust a hollow suite that's yeah. the entire purpose you know do it anyway it's like god dang it why yeah what'd you guys you. uh think of the sort of tactics the real tactics we saw in this episode I thought it was smart, like, 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 like uh, also with the hollow deck, like, you know, using, I mean, like, guerrilla warfare is essentially about using the, using the resources you have available to you in order to, in order to make the most impact possible. And, like, and, 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 and like, with, with you bringing up just now, Ben, the, the, uh, the, 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 the hollow deck, using the hollow deck as a, as, as a, as a way for, like, distraction and cornering, like, Doing and do and doing and doing stuff like that and like and like hi, like hiding the air hiding in the air ducts and you know and you know just hoping that they don't check them, um in in, in order to like you know to like to like sur- like survive and kind of get behind enemy lines and and, and attack and attack that way I I, I, I enjoyed that I, I enjoyed that, that 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 the characters like knew knew to do that like 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 they like they weren't just like they weren't just mem- like members of, members of 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 the, of the federation or 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 or, or Bajor and you know they had like no like no combat experience it's like it's like no they know exactly it's like no they they have a pretty good idea of what to do in a fight when they're in a tough situation yeah i really enjoyed too that the um, general Krim uh seemed to also be very smart and uh it was nice to mm-hmm. see two really smart tactical minds go at it uh it wasn't just colonel day doing dumb stuff it was uh Krim like oh, let's flood each thing with neurological gas because they're probably in the thing and then like you know um they sneak into his room and have him come in there so they can lock it from the outside and like really clever stuff like that which is what i really enjoyed about this episode is it wasn't just uh face or fire gets a little old it's not the most exciting thing on screen to be quite honest uh, right you know it wasn't only till i think till jj abrams that just general combat got really interesting but i think what these shows make up for and the sort of lack of budget and stuff like that is tactics and it was really cool to see a bloodless right. uh, victory, which is very interesting. And it was all done through. Um, well, not entirely. Well, all, all not entirely, bloodless. but they they did win until the guy decided to needlessly kill, try to kill Cisco. But the at least the DS Nine crew didn't kill anybody. That's more what I mean. Mm-hmm. That they they yeah. won without having to kill any of the members of the circle, which is very interesting. Yes. Yeah. So yes, uh, what do we think of? Uh, of Jaro in this episode, as well as Vedic win. What do you think of our little villains? I think. Well, so. um, 
Oh, sorry, you go ahead, Sarah. Okay. Uh, well, I, I got spoiled a little bit, uh, and I fell into the Memory Alpha Wikipedia hole. It's too easy and, to do. Uh, Oh my gosh. I, uh, I do know that Vedic Wynn comes back. I don't know if Jaro comes back, but the way they left things, it wouldn't surprise me if he came back mm-hmm. at some point. I felt like that last scene, uh, the council scene, I guess, where uh, Major Kira gives them the thing with the Cardassian thumbprint on it. I thought all that ended rather abruptly. Yeah, I thought he was going to escape or yeah. something. It was weird. Like, mm-hmm. it was, I kept waiting for him to like, beam away, like, I will cooperate. And then, like, where'd he go? You know, but. Yeah. Yeah. He's just there. But since nothing was said about, like, taking anyone involved into custody or, you know, punishing them in any way, shape, or form for, you know, being at the head of all of this civil unrest, um, right. I can I can only imagine that they will come back at some point with some new devious plot to gain yeah. power. Right, you don't think the circle is done? I think the circle's oh, probably no, done no, no. because, like, they the cir- killed... Yeah. They killed I mean, the most famous <laughs> war hero ever. Right. But I could definitely see Vedic Winter, especially in maybe Jaro as well, coming back in a new form mm. of some kind. Yeah, exactly. Like the this this the the, the, cir- the circle as as that group is done. But 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 the but, but now that like essentially the idea has been planted, it's 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 gonna rear its ugly head again. It's 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 like it it'll, it'll it'll be like the Hydra monster. Cut off one head, three 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 reappear. Mm-hmm. So definitely, and I think the fact that they were supplied by Cardassians is the only reason that the you know their side is gonna be down for a long time. You know, because you killed right. the you killed the most famous person here. Supplied by Cardassians, it's like two big Bajoran no nos. Yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I think the side at least won't be an issue a long time. So here's an interesting question. Do you think Linas is more important to the Bajoran people as a martyr or as a person who's alive, who could make speeches? And mm. even though he was a in real life, uh, not a coward, which is what I like, just a, a person thrust into an impossible situation who never wanted to be that person. Uh, I would say that he's more important as a martyr because, because um, like, I'm... I'm kind. I'm kind of reminded of uh, of um of 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 Chris of Chris Nolan's Batman trilogy when I when I, I when I believe Alfred was telling Bruce like you know like like, like essentially how like how 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 long do you go before before you become the bad guy and I I, I feel I feel that with Neil with with Lee Nallis, uh now being a martyr. Instead, like I guess the Bajorans certainly wanted him around so that, so, so that they could have that ideal to look at and, and and have him acting within acting within their government or whatever 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 form he was, but now that he is unfortunately unfortunately dead, but but, but as a martyr, they can they they can look to the ideals that the, the, the ideals that that they, that they felt he represented, and do things based off that or, or or at least attempt to do things based based off based off based off of how they thought about him no that makes that makes sense and i definitely agree with that i think uh i would also say that he's probably better as a martyr just because i think eventually lee Nolis is too honest he's too honest of a person and inevitably even though he probably knew it was the best of age or he probably would have had to tell at some point whether it would have worked or not maybe would have maybe would have not maybe someone would have investigated him or some investigative journalist would have questioned his story at some point or something like that. Because as he said, a lot of things got attributed to him that he wasn't even there for eventually. 
Like he right. was all he did was kill this one guy on accident and then became killed this guy and he led this battle and he did this thing and he became more of a uh, what's a Davy Crockett style person, you know, like David uh, Crockett yeah. existed and he was at the Alamo, but yeah, you know, probably fought a few battles and did a few cool things, but and that was about it. Wasn't the the huge, amazing hero of the West that we consider him to be, but we needed that for Texas, you know. We're Texas people, so we're doing Texas history, sorry. Um, we, we needed as Texans to I don't, help. I don't think either of the two of us are sorry about that. Yes, to help. Uh, I'm explaining to the listeners. <laughs> <don't care>. Right. <laughs> but we as Texans needed that to, to get out of the, the rule of Mexico and uh, form our own nation and kind of inspire ourselves. So I think it's a very interesting sort of parallel to be like, yeah, if, if, if Daniel Boone didn't die and then was in, or David Crockett didn't die, but was still around. Like, eh. <laughs> he did a few of those things, I guess, but I'm uh, just right. a dude, you know. Uh, it, it makes it less powerful. So I do agree that probably being a martyr is actually better for him in the long run than being just a regular person who could possibly one day be ashamed or taken down. Now, if someone or tried to something. like investigate and be like, oh, the guy who martyred himself, like, why would you want to like be a dick about looking up that guy's past? Like, let him be. Oh, yeah, that happens hero. every day. You know, you hear that about like, you know. Um, Tillman and stuff like that. Like, why do you want to investigate the guy who died horribly? Like, you know, but because it's, it's it doesn't feel right, you know, to do that. So yeah, I think that is there much else to say about these uh, these episodes. I really like how balanced they were with all the uh, characters. I know sometimes you get like a more one person character story, but mm-hmm. I felt like every single character had something to do, an interesting little storyline, had their own little interaction with everybody, and as well as Lee Nala's like. They, everybody had their own little stuff. No one felt sort of left out in this. Which is a good way, I think, to start a season. Like, you just have all the act- characters do all one story. Right. Yeah. Because 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 with the the story that these three episodes was 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 based around, like it it wasn't it, it was it was built around a conflict that 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 was bigger than themselves. And it, it it involved it it literally involved like. The station they live on and the, the and the planet they float next to and instead of instead of it being about like personal like instead of it being about like something personal to each of them it was like it was like nope it was like nope this is literally we are literally talking about our lives here definitely was there anything else to i s- like that the planet they float next to <laughs> they float next to <laughs> it's a good description i mean that's exactly right there's this nothing fake about that it's just i like it well, yeah, and Sarah, you said you always love Bajoran stories, and uh, yes. does this give you more mm, of that kind yeah. of Bajoran kick you're looking for? Absolutely, yeah. Um, I don't know. I really don't know what my weird fascination with Bajorans is. I just, it's, I think they're great. I want to know more about like their their culture and their religion and stuff. And I am one hundred percent certain we're going to get more of that. And every time I start to think, oh. You know, we need a little bit more of uh, a Bajor in Deep Space Nine. Then it happens. It's a, uh, it's a very Bajor-heavy series, and so far I'm happy about that. I might get tired of it at some point, but that hasn't happened just yet. Nope, not yet. Yeah, no. Nah. You're very lucky that the showrunners agree with you. They also found yes. Bajor so interesting they made a whole show somewhat about it. Yeah, it's kind of cool that, uh, you know, I uh, if you're fascinated by something in Star Trek. The likely that they made a whole series about it is kind of new, so mm-hmm. it's pretty cool that that happened. Yeah. So, is there anything else to say for this episodes? Or have we covered no, it? I'm, I'm good. Yeah, we covered it pretty well. This is a very good start to season two. I think uh, 
Agree. It'll be an interesting mm-hmm. uh, couple of episodes ahead of us. So, like I said, we'll now be off our usual one, two, three, four uh, system. So instead, we're going to be doing four, five, you know, six, seven. Be doing odd numbers, and you know, odd numbers to even. Uh, but that'll actually put us perfectly because uh, part one and part two will fit perfectly in that. So that's, dear listeners, how we're going to do it, and then the season finale will just be one episode. So that'll be sort of our plan going forward for this season because of the three-episode arc thing. So next up will be season two, episode four, and episode five, which is Invasive Procedures and Cardassians. I wonder what that one's about. <laughs> it's going to be Watch. about the Ferengi. Duh. It's going to be Ferengi, for sure. There's going to be no Cardassians <laughs> in the whole episode. It's, in the, it's all about Klingons. <laughs> Um, so yes, those will be our next episodes. In the meantime, I want to thank my companions on this journey, as always, Peter and Sarah. Our theme song is by Captain Meatshield. You can check him out on Twitter at cptn underscore Meatshield. We are a part of the Tuscan Shed Media Network. You can see more of our shows at tuscanshed.com. If you like this show, like, subscribe, rate, and review it any way that you can. It does help us find new listeners. We will have a Twitter up by this point. Your Twitter is at Geekspace9, all spelled out, no numbers. Until next time, this is the crew of Geekspace9 signing off. Bye. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening.